The Sexy Librarian presents the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. You are entitled to your sexual self. We encourage lurid listeners to be playful, enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. This show is for adults only. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. All right, Big Daddy, what you got in the Lurid Listener Mail today? This one's regarding the Jacob Marley Christmas story you wrote. This is a, a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rose. Me and my wife are big fans of your podcasts. I have purchased a number of your audiobooks from Audible. We now have weekly story nights, which has really spiced up our sex lives. We are both in our mid-50s, and your stories are perfect to get that fire burning. I've written to you because I was wondering when and if you were going to have a part three of the Jacob Marley Christmas story. The first two parts were very hot, and we have listened to them many times. I would also like to know if you have ever considered turning any of your stories into videos. Oh, that would be amazing. (laughs) Best wishes, lurid listener. Oh, thank you so much. You know, the... The, the Jacob Marley stories, um, those are some of my favorite ones, those two. Um, and yes, there will be more as promised. It's just taken me a while. I, I know I feel like I'm using that excuse a lot, but very on a very real note, I do want it to happen and it will happen. Um, and I'm thinking that this year's Christmas I'll have, I'll make it super hot because I know I missed a year. So, so just for you and your lovely wife, um, you know, to help spice up whichever week it lands on. <laughs> um, I will get a third part in there. I really love that story because it's so cool to play with Jacob Marley's character in a in a very just a very sexual way. Oh, so it's really cool. Um, yes, I would love all of these episodes to be in in made into videos. That would be amazing. I don't know any good um, visual artists though. So. Yeah, I've always thought like some sort of anime would be kind of yeah, fun. especially libidinous zombie. Yeah. That would LZ, be. I think would be a great anime. I think that the moody stuff makes the best anime stuff. Um, well, not anime strictly speaking, but sort of animated stuff. Yeah, there was a uh, um, a Poe series on Netflix that we watched that was really cool animation that I like very stylized look I like that kind of stuff so yeah if there are any good animators out there (laughs) willing to do some pro bono work wait some pro boner work I don't know (laughs) Um, I'm up for that I'm down yeah pro boner work (laughs) (laughs) all right before our story begins let me tell you about our latest audiobooks Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 3. Edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell. Narrated by me, Rose Carraway. Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 3, delivers the kind of sexy stories you want most. Daring, bold, and surprising tales of women who pursue their boundless passions anywhere and everywhere. Edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell, winner of multiple independent publishing book awards, these scintillating scenarios turn the tables on how women are supposed to behave. Instead, these uninhibited vixens indulge in their favorite fetishes, do deliciously intimate body shots, 
and get tied up with red satin ribbons. They pose nude, dress up, and role play, always obeying their most exhilarating impulses. These lusty ladies take your most cherished, private fantasies from making a sex tape to taking part in a thrilling threesome to having a stud delivered to your door, hot and ready, and make them come alive. Written by beloved authors Abigail Barnett, Annabelle Joseph, and Charlotte Stein, along with several genre newcomers, these are erotic encounters you'll want to savor again and again and again. Viking Thunder, written by Emmanuel de Maupassant. Following her husband's murder during a Viking raid, Ellsworth is released from a loveless marriage. As the captive of Eirik, a warrior who lets nothing stand in his way, she is both fearful and humiliated, yet cannot deny her arousal beneath his hard-muscled body and her desire to submit to his fierce seduction. Ellsworth finds the satisfaction she has always craved, but can she ever be more than his plaything? And if she returns with the Northmen to their distant lands, what future awaits? Viking Thunder, written by Emmanuel de Maupassant, narrated by Emma Parry. Get these sexy audiobooks now in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. Today's episode is titled Demon Purse and is written by Summer Marsden. What can I do for you? It's a question whose answer is just the right switch to get your own motor running. Today's story brings movie magic to life. We've got a little leather skirt, some sexy airbrushed body paint, a pair of fangs, and a set of special contacts all in the name of fulfilling that very special demon need. And now, Demon Purse by Summer Marsden, as featured in Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 3. My phone went off on set. I was just finishing up with Mariah's makeup. Her role was a woman who was turning through dark magic into a fish. Not too hard. Scales, the right iridescence, accenting the eyes, downplaying the mouth. I grabbed it, saw Deacon's number, and hit accept. Yes, love of my life, what can I do for you? His voice was deep and held that desperate tone I'd grown accustomed to paying attention to. Deacon is a control freak, always in the driver's seat. When his voice sounds like this, he needs release. What kind of movie is it again? Horror-ish, I said. I was already checking my kit. I knew by the tone and cadence of his words where this was going, and I'd be a liar if I said it didn't turn me on. Because, oh, it did. It did turn me on, to the point where the crotch of my panties was suddenly soaked beneath my short black skirt. What kind? Dark magic. Not what you're thinking. There was a pause. Dark magic as in witches? 
From what I know of the script, which isn't a lot, mostly they just tell us what we need to know. Nothing more, nothing less. I located a dark shade of red, so red it was nearly black. Then some highlight colors. I found the lashes I wanted and the black makeup for accent. Oh. What did you need, baby? I asked him with my sweetest voice, but I already knew what he needed. Nothing. I thought it was another kind of... Witches or warlocks. Just dark magic. Not what you thought. Gotcha. I'll see you when you get home, he said. Be there soon. I'm done for the day. When I hung up, I took off my jacket and my tea. The tea I rolled up and dropped in my purse. I stood in front of the mirror in my black lace bra and a black denim skirt with high boots. I started to paint, working my magic the best that I could, figuring I only had time to do above the waist. I didn't have all night, but it would work. It would do. I morphed myself from pale-skinned redhead with freckles and bright blue eyes to red-skinned, black-accented demon woman with scales and fire-riding waves beneath her skin. I sprayed enough dark streaks in my hair to make my natural red look like highlights from hell. I popped startling acid-green contacts in. They had an elliptical iris. I smiled at myself in the mirror, my black lips making my white teeth startling. I found the curved canine caps in my bag and glued them to my teeth. Then I pulled my leather jacket on and zipped it over my bra and the red bodywork I'd done above my skirt. Jill, the makeup apprentice, came in and did a double take. Good golly, Miss Molly, look at you. That's amazing. Trying out new makeup? You look awesome. She was a vivacious presence. Jill wanted to learn all the things immediately. I am, actually, I said. Do me a favor? Sure. Her big blue eyes lit up with excitement. Take this airbrush and do my legs. Above the boots, up to the hoo-ha, if you can stomach it. I want the full effect. I need to see how it looks. She took the gun and began to spray my thighs with feathery strokes. When she reached my panties, she looked up. If you don't mind taking them off, I can spray you all the way. I shrugged. I don't want to ruin what you've done. Hand me the scissors. We snipped the sides of my panties, and she did the spray job she'd promised. Her technique was definitely that of a newbie, but not too bad. Not bad at all. And she'd helped me out as far as what I had planned at home. Plus, if she was going to do this job, she'd have to get used to painting people in weird places. Thanks, you saved me. You do good work, Jill. Stick around and you'll be a makeup wizard movie magic badass in no time. She glowed with the praise and I kissed her cheek. Gotta go, hot date. Dressed like a demon princess, I bet. Hot as hell. Hot as hell. I echoed, dropping my cut panties in the trash. The cool fall air snaked beneath my small skirt as I walked. Cool air kissed my pussy. My boot heels clacked against the macadam, and I climbed into my little old car to head home and make my man's night. I don't earn a ton of money, but I love my job. I still drive a piece of shit hatchback, and lots of nights we eat hot dogs or peanut butter and jelly for dinner. But at that moment, I felt rich as fuck.
I heard the TV chatter coming from the office we shared. One side was his paperwork for school, class notes, teaching schedules, and the novel he worked on when he had time. The other was a bit more colorful. Krylon paints and contact lenses, movie posters and oddities I'd picked up along the way to work into my makeups. The communal bit was a super old, comfy sofa and a television. It sat dead center of the room, and we tended to favor watching shows in the office rather than in the actual living room. With any luck, I could sneak in unseen. His back was to me when I entered, so I dropped my bag and walked as softly as I could. He'd heard me, but hadn't turned yet. Hey, babe. I steeled myself and my voice. Just doing so made my pussy wet under my skirt, and there was nothing to hold the rush of fluid back. My shredded panties were back at work. I stepped close behind him, but he still hadn't turned to look. I think you should address me in a more appropriate way, human, I said. My voice was lower, my movements rigid but regal. He caught the tone and turned quickly. Mull! Mistress! I walked around the sofa and stood so I was in front of him, blocking the TV. Deacon had on gray sweatpants and a long-sleeve black tee. The front of his sweats already stood up from a raging erection. I almost smiled, but bit the inside of my cheek. He'd gone from tired and disappointed to hard as a rock in seconds. The makeup made my face tight and somewhat itchy, and yet, somehow, I'd never felt better. I leaned over so my eerie green gaze was level with him. My hair hung down so he could see black had become the primary color, and my red was just an accent now. We'd only played this game twice before, never this elaborately, but it had been spectacular. He'd ended up eating my pussy to the point where I had to beg him to stop, and then he'd fucked me so hard I had a bruise on my forehead beneath the hairline for a week from hitting our headboard. I took a deep breath to calm my brain. It raced ahead with anticipation. I schooled my face, sly, intent, no bullshit commanding. Mistress, he said. The whole word was a sigh that emanated from somewhere deep in his broad chest. I didn't have to say a word. He dropped from the sofa onto his knees. When he caught sight of the fact that my thighs were red and black and shadow and heat like the rest of me, he moaned. This was far beyond his fantasy, his demon need. Lift my skirt. Service me. I bit each word out and tried to keep my voice hard, deep. I did my best to mask the urgency and need and excitement the words made me feel. He pushed my short black skirt up to my waist, and his breath caught at seeing Jill's handiwork. Seeing that the illusion was as complete as I could possibly make it on short notice. He traced his fingers over the red and black striations on my skin. He fingered the place where my sex began and then followed it inevitably inward, sliding his fingers along my folds, my labia, my clitoris. He stroked every part of me before spreading me and putting his hot, wet tongue to my aching clit. I pushed my hands into his hair and tugged, trying not to let him hear how very good his mouth felt.
how incredibly welcome his wet, slippery rotations were. Instead, I pulled his hair and held my breath and tried to keep myself as calm and devilish as I could muster. He lapped at me, sucking gently from time to time, his urgency and excitement broadcast with every eager sound he made. Deacon wasn't usually a noisy lover in any respect, but in this scenario, he was so loud, it slammed right to the core of me, stirring my arousal. Put your fingers in my demon purse, I said. The first time we'd played out this scenario and I'd said it, I had almost laughed. It all came from some horror movie he'd seen when he was 16. In the movie, someone referred to a cunt as a demon purse, and apparently there'd been a staggering B-movie sex scene after. The first time I played demon enchantress, he'd confessed, as he ate me until I almost wept, that he jerked off to that memory forever, well into adulthood. The laughter had faded to a humble kind of gratitude that he'd shared that with me. So I made his fantasy come true. I became, through willingness and makeup magic, his demon lover. His fingers drove into me so fast and deep, they stole my breath. I lifted up on my tiptoes inside my tall black boots. He licked me in figure eights and whorls and painted patterns on my clit and fucked me with his fingers. They curled deep inside me, brushing my G-spot, making my knees so weak I thought I might fall, but I locked them to try and maintain my demonic demeanor. My knees did sag when he added a third finger and sucked my clit hard enough that I saw stars. But he grabbed the back of my leg with his free hand and held me steady. I came, pulling his hair as hard as I could, making my mark and showing my strength. I put my hand on his forehead and stared down into his dark brown eyes. I couldn't see the tableau, but fuck, I wished I could. Because what he was experiencing was staring up into the gaze of a black-haired, hell-painted, feral-eyed demon mistress. His eyes were shiny and his expression stunned. His sweatpants were still tented by his long, hard cock. I stared a moment longer, holding his gaze, working him up, and then I pushed hard against his head. He went back on his ass, and I put my boot heel on his chest, pushing him flat. Close off. Be quick about it. Even as I spoke, I ditched my skirt to expose my airbrushed sacks. I knew between my thighs I was as wet as a river, and a rosy red that had nothing to do with my apprentice's makeup talents. I quickly peeled off the jacket and bra, but left the boots on. I watched him yank off his clothes, and then I put my boot on his chest again. Stroke that thing, that dirty, dirty thing of yours. I want to see you touch it. I want to see how hard it will get before I impale myself on it. You filthy creature. He moaned beneath me and stroked his cock, his fist traveling the length of his shaft. I watched in the flickering light from the TV and caught the fine tremor in his hand as he stared up at me and touched himself. You mortals do debase yourselves so commonly, I said with a laugh. It was funny how putting oneself into demonic makeup could conjure up a whole new persona. Better to feed his fantasy. Deacon tossed his head.
I took my foot off his chest and stood with a foot on either side of his torso. I squatted over him so he could see my pussy open to him. Your name is Deacon. How funny that you're about to go balls deep in a demon. What do you think that means? I asked, drawing a fingernail down the bridge of his nose until he trembled. Do you think that's a sign that you're damned? Broken? One of my minions? Another moan and a toss of his head. I could feel my cunt beat in steady time with my pounding heart. My own monologue and the sight of him there, arching his hips up to fuck his own hand with his hard cock, had done me in. I'd lost my patience for teasing. Stop, I said, and his hand grew still. I straddled his waist, feeling my pussy kiss his warm skin. He groaned because he could feel me, too. I leaned over him, bringing us face to face, and licked his lips with my tongue. His eyes grew wider, his breathing shallower. I buried my hands in his hair and tugged until he winced. He reached between us, his fingers sliding along my inner thigh just long enough to provoke a shiver. He put his cock against my drenched slit and held it there. In, I growled. Stick it in me. He let out a sigh and pushed up even as I pushed down. I gripped his shoulders tight and dug my fingernails in. He hissed, but his hips shot up fast and furious as he buried himself in me over and over again. I leaned back, getting him deeper inside me. Every thrust nudged my G-spot until my body was tightening around his cock. I squeezed him with my thighs and rocked against him. Fuck me, mortal, I growled. Another sigh, another moan, another flurry of quick upthrusts to bury himself in my heat and moisture. Fuck, he said. His hands came up to grip my hips, biting into my red-tinted skin. Faster, I snarled. Somehow, I don't know how, he obliged, moving faster beneath me as I rode him. When my pussy grew impossibly tight, I grabbed his hands and put them on my breasts. He pinched my nipples, stained a wet ink shade of black. He pinched hard the way I liked, and I clenched my internal muscles. Come for me, I roared. And he did. As swift and as hard as a sudden summer storm, he came with a bellow, his fingers pinching my nipples so hard, pain and pleasure cascaded from chest to belly to cunt. And then I was coming with him, my body rippling greedily around his cock, my breath a swift rush exiting my lungs. I slumped against him and looked down in his face. How was that, mortal? I asked, using my own voice now that it was done. That was... He looked to the side, smiling. Sinful. I snorted and kissed his lips. He kissed me back, pushing his hands into my hair and tugging it hard and fast. My favorite. I'm usually the one being told what to do, but turnabout is fair play. I have one question, he said against my ear. Then he nipped my lobe. What's that? How long will this stuff stay on? Ah, oh, did you intend to break more of Heaven's rules before the night is out? His hand snaked up the back of my thigh, cupped my ass, squeezed. Maybe just one or two. 
hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was Demon Purse, written by Summer Marsden, as featured in Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 3. Follow author Summer Marsden on Twitter at Summer underscore Marsden and Best Women's Erotica at BWE of the Year. You guys can follow the show on Twitter at the KMQ. You can also follow me at Rose Caraway and Big Daddy at Big Daddy Dave. Head over to stupidfishproductions.com and subscribe to get news on our latest calls for submissions and for exciting erotica giveaways, interviews, sexy snippets, writerly wisdoms, and a lot, lot more. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Caraway. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Uncanny. Michette. Kai Engel. And our feature credit music by Vivage. For more sexy stories, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Caraway. Your subscription will include one free audiobook every month, as well as give you discounted prices on all my audiobooks. You can cancel at any time. Don't forget to leave us a sexy review when you're done listening. The Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 3. Edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell. Narrated by me, Rose Carraway. Stupid fish. I've been loving these emails, you guys, and I want more. Get in touch with us. Contact us. You can follow the show on Twitter at the KMQ. The range of humiliation can be from light and playful to intense. That sentence stuck in the forefront of my mind. I'd been trawling the sites for months, searching for the mysterious words I didn't yet know I needed to see. Light and playful to intense. I wasn't sure where we fell in that spectrum. I'm not even sure I would have been exploring if she hadn't nudged me in this direction. Our relationship has been two years in the making and is a first of its kind for me. It started out innocent enough, as most relationships do. The benign details of my past built the base of my story, but she saw beyond the minutiae and pulled the string on my more depraved thoughts. I have an affinity for humiliation, and more specifically, humiliation that is tied to sex. That was not a major revelation to me, but allowing it beyond the confines of my imagination was a big step. Over the past two years, she's built a safe space for me to explore these thoughts, to trace their roots, and to incorporate them into something more tangible. I had plenty of experience with humiliation in my formative years. I was a small and inconsequential guy in high school. I didn't play any popular sports and I wasn't the prom king. I was a run-of-the-mill, nondescript kid with only a few friends and no dating prospects beyond my hand. I received the normal abuse associated with someone of my physical and social stature. I was stuffed in lockers, pushed down in hallways, and had books slapped from my hands between classes. I was too young to make the connection then, but opening up to her helped me realize that was the point in my life I started linking attention to humiliation. 
As pathetic as it may sound, being stuffed in a locker was better than being invisible. I liked the giggles after some jock slapped the books out of my hands, and I especially loved it when a sympathetic girl knelt to help me. Becky Howard wasn't the first girl to kneel down, but she was the catalyst for the next step in my relationship with humiliation. When she knelt to help me, the look in her eyes was not pity. I think she saw me for what I was, quiet and misunderstood. Becky kissed me when we stood and then sauntered to class. In retrospect, I think she understood I was a better person than the jocks she dated, but they provided things for her I was incapable of producing. College was devoid of hallway book slaps and wedgies, but the fraternity I pledged was full of malicious jocks with mature, devious minds. Rush was full of humiliation in one form or another. Walking around the frat house on my hands and knees like a dog gave me the same satisfaction as being stuffed in a locker. Getting paddled while they took turns throwing warm beer in my face was better than having books slapped from my hands, especially when they told me I wasn't Kappa material and scolded me for wasting their time. I never doubted they would reject me. I knew I wasn't Kappa material, and I knew I was wasting their time. But what those idiots didn't realize is that they weren't wasting mine. Their hazing and abuse filled an indescribable void in me. On the final night of Rush, they tied me naked to a chair in the middle of a house party. I was conflicted by the awkwardness of being on display and the pleasure I took in their attention. I was ashamed of my pathetic nudity, but relished in the gaze of every onlooker, and much like the incident with Becky, something raw and defining happened to me that night. The room thinned as the morning wore on, and the mood changed from dancing and drinking to a scene out of Caligula. The moves got dirtier, and the clothes melted to the floor. The amount of flesh and raw college sex on display took my relationship with humiliation a step further. Within feet of me, four people were pieced together like Legos, fucking, sucking, and eating pussy. A girl sucked a cock while she rode a guy on the floor who had his tongue buried in the pussy of another girl straddling his face. There was no rhyme or reason to the pile of flesh before me. Girls were touching one another, and guys moved between them at will. The only common theme in the fuckfest was their amusement with me. Everyone made sure I could see their depraved acts. I was the pathetic kid staring through the candy store window with no money, while the others ate their fill. The wickedness lasted for hours, and my arousal surged with their pointed laughter. They were too self-absorbed to understand that this pathetic virgin was the centerpiece to their debauchery and responsible for turning what would otherwise be a forgettable college orgy into something special. This has been Tonight She's Yours 
Cuckold Fantasies.